Hey, what's good, people? It's CJ Williams for Culturalist Theory. And on this episode, we are ranking the discography of Queen's bread rapper Ja Rule. This list will not include EPs, compilations, or mixtapes, and consists only of the seven studio albums from the Leap Year Born lyricists. Hit that like button and subscribe if you're digging this type of content. On to the list. Number seven, Pain Is Love 2. After taking an eight year break from rap, Rule dropped the sequel to his popular Pain Is Love. Released while Ja was serving time on tax evasion and gun charges, the album didn't get much promotion and fell completely under the radar. Linking back up with longtime Murder Inc. producer Seven Aurelius, who was responsible for production and writing on the original Pain Is Love, the results don't hit the same 10 years later. The album swings and misses at attempts to recreate the crossover vibes that worked in the mid-2000s. Pop hooks and misplaced auto-tune plagued the album's 13 tracks, resulting in Rule's worst performing album, selling only 3,200 copies its first week. Sheesh. Number six, Last Temptation. In 2002, Ja Rule's career was on 10. His first three albums reached top three status on Billboard, he had multiple Grammy nominations to his name, and his profile had expanded to Hollywood with his appearance in the Fast and Furious movie. So expectations were high, rightfully so, for his fourth album, The Last Temptation. Unfortunately, he dipped in the commercial lane a little too much on this album, resulting in a disappointing project. The album is super sample heavy with joints like Last Temptation, Mesmerize, Murder Me, and Murder Reigns, all featuring familiar old school records that are much better than these versions. With that being said, the album was commercially successful, hitting number four on Billboard, but was Rule's first real miss. However, we gotta admit, the Thug Lovin' record with Bobby Brown was low-key fire, and the Pledge remix with Nas and Ashanti was solid too. The album is notable for Nas seemingly announcing his signing to Murder, Inc. on that record, although it only lasted a few months. Still not sure exactly what happened with that. Number five, Blood In My Eye. With the beef between Ja and 50 at an all-time high, instead of dropping a single record at fifth, Rule decided to dedicate a full album to the G-Unit boss. Blood In My Eye is essentially one long diss record with multiple shots fired, some hitting, but most missing. Feeling the pressure of 50's celebrity growing, Ja took it back to the original Murder, Inc. days, leaving his R&B and hip-hop style behind for a grimy, grittier sound. Joints like Clap Back and the criminally underrated The Crown were bangers, but there's entirely too much focus on dissing G-Unit and not enough on quality records. Plus, former Outlaws member Hussein Fatal is featured on four records and is also dissing 50 for reasons we're still not clear on. Just another example of Ja's strange obsession with Tupac, but we'll touch more on that later. As for this album, aside from the singles, the only joint worth revisiting is Race Against Time 2, a banger that shows Ja utilizing his baritone, harmonizing the way it should be. Lastly, Ja or Earth, whichever one of you is watching, can y'all drop the unedited version of Crown on streaming site, please and thank you. Number four, R-U-L-E. After dropping two underwhelming albums and seemingly losing the war against 50 Cent, by the time Ja dropped R-U-L-E, his star status had begun to diminish. And that's a shame because this was his best body of work since 2001's Pain Is Love. Ja stuck to his pre-50 beef script with a good mix of street records and playful joints. Commercial records like Wonderful featuring Ashanti and R. Kelly caught up with Lloyd and the manual were strong, while street records, Gun Talk, and The Last of the Mohegans 
just went hard. The biggest record though came courtesy of the Big Apple banger, New York. Picture how things would have went for Rule had he dropped this in response to 50 instead of Blood in My Eye. He might not have had to put up with that bullshit fire festival fiasco. Just saying. The sleeper on the album though is Where I'm From, again featuring Lloyd. Looking back, Lloyd and Rule made a nice duo. A best of both worlds type project might have been tough between them two. As a matter of fact, let me know in the comments, what singer and rapper could you see doing a best of both world type album that you think would be dope? Number three, Vinny Vidi Vici. Back in the mid 90s, music exec Irv Gotti had an idea for a supergroup comprised of Jay-Z, DMX and Ja Rule called Murder Inc. While the group would collab on a few songs together dating all the way back to 95, they would never release an official project. The name Murder Inc. was then rebranded as a music label and the first release would come via Ja Rule's Vinny Vedi Vici. A title meaning I came, I saw, I conquered, the debut album was a strong effort although many didn't see it at the time. Comparisons to DMX and Tupac were inevitable and swayed many critics to write Rule off as a clone of the legendary acts. But revisiting the album there's a ton of heat on here we hear now suicide freestyle and story to tell were dope the dark production was handled mostly by Irv Gotti a style rule would abandon for the most part on his follow-up albums that contain more harmonizing even the original murder Inc. group reunited on its murder and Jay is also featured on the banger kill em all now the album lacks the commercial appeal to his other projects as holla holla was the only single but still a strong often overlooked debut album from Ja Rule that should get more respect than it does. Seriously, run back Daddy's Little Baby with Ronald Isley or Only Begotten Son. Lie and say those don't go. Number two, Rule 336. Rule's sophomore effort leaned into the more radio-friendly lane that would end up making Ja a star. Still, he had harder records like Watching Me, die and the banger six feet underground but it's the new sound he was experimenting with that would really take off put it on me and between me and you are basically hip-hop duets with christina milian and vita co-starring respectively the standout of the singles though was i cry featuring a scene stealing little mo all three songs were commercially successful and opened rule up to a whole new lane he would own for the next few years the album would go on to surpass three times platinum and put it on me would be his first grammy nomination for best rap performance by a duo or group. He would lose to Outkast's Miss Jackson, but he can't be mad at that. Number one, Pain Is Love. On Pain Is Love, Ja perfected the formula of crossover hip-hoppy records balanced with B-sides. You all know the singles, Down Ass Chick with Charlie Baltimore, Living It Up with Case, Always On Time, which marked the first time we heard Ashanti, and I'm Real featuring former Fly Girl J-Lo. All basically ran the radio in early 2000s, but B-sides were good too. Dial M for Murder, Never Again, and X had replay value. As the harder street records were abandoned for more harmonizing vibes that artists like 50 Cent would later duplicate. We spoke earlier about his love for Tupac and we're sure he heard the comparisons and likely leaned into it with his record So Much Pain, which actually features a verse from the late Machiavelli himself. Now if Pac were alive, would he have done a song with Ja Rule? Eh, who knows? But the fact that Rule would slick act like he had a relationship with Pac rubbed some the wrong way. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't, but the general public didn't know so it came off as biting. With that being said, the record isn't terrible and is worth repeat listens if you can put the controversy aside. Quiz time, what project did that original song and Pac verse come from? Let me know in the comments. And while you're there, hit that like and subscribe button so you don't miss a list. Again, I'm CJ Williams for Culturalist Theory. I'm out.